Good morning and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Monday, January 29th. On today's show, a niche Greek lender sets its sights on fresh deals in the cutthroat ship finance domestic market, and we take a closer look at the California landscape of climate finance. Plus, Sriram Finance shares hit a record high after Q3 earnings. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. We start off with a look at the shipping banking sector, which has had a challenging year, with loan portfolios impacted by a surge of prepayments. However, one Greek lender, Aegean Baltic Bank, also known as A-Bank, is ready to embark on new deals after maintaining its credit volumes. A-Bank, backed by the Tsakos and Kustas families, ended 2023 with about $506 million worth worth of gross loans, just slightly less than the $590 million it had at the end of 2022, according to interim unaudited figures. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent, Abby. Indeed, David. A-Bank's performance in maintaining its credit volumes amidst a challenging environment is noteworthy. The bank, which is backed by prominent Greek shipping families, has managed to keep its loan portfolio broadly stable, despite the wave of prepayments that have affected many shipping banks. Can you explain more about the impact of these prepayments on shipping banks? Certainly. Prepayments occur when borrowers pay off their loans ahead of schedule. While this might seem like a good thing, it can actually hurt banks. When a loan is prepaid, the bank loses out on the interest it would have earned over the life of the loan. In a year where prepayments surged, many shipping banks saw their loan portfolios shrink. So how has AB Bank managed to keep its credit volume stable in such a scenario? A Bank's strategy and niche focus have likely played a role. The bank's backing by the Sakos and Kustas families, both of which have significant shipping interests, may have also provided some stability. However, the specifics of how AB Bank managed to maintain its credit volumes are not detailed in the interim unaudited figures. What does this mean for A Bank moving forward? AB Bank's ability to keep its credit volumes stable despite the challenging environment suggests that it is well positioned to embark on new deals. The bank's performance could also provide a confidence boost to its backers and potential investors. Thanks for the financial insights, Abby. Now shifting our focus to environmental matters, California has been a national leader in addressing climate change over the past decade, with laws requiring carbon neutrality and an 85% reduction in carbon emissions by 2045. In support of these goals, CPI has created a first-of-its-kind landscape of climate finance in the state. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Michael. Indeed, David. This landscape is a beta version that covers public and private investments across several sectors, including energy and transport, from 2019 to 2022. The aim is to fill a gap in comprehensive data on both past spending and future investment needs in the state, helping policymakers and private sector actors identify opportunities, establish priorities, and develop coordinated plans to meet the scale of the climate challenge. So, what does the current spending look like in the context of California's climate goals? CPI estimates that California will need an annual average of USD $62 billion from 2023 to 2035 to stay on track for its climate goals. 
Half of these investments will be for zero-emission vehicles, followed by energy systems, agriculture and land use, and buildings and infrastructure. These needs expand after 2035 to an annual average need of USD 79 billion, almost entirely from a higher uptake of zero-emission vehicles. And how does the current spending compare to these estimated needs? CPI tracked USD 39 billions of climate finance spending in 2022, which represents 63% of California's annual needs through 2035. The annual growth rate of climate finance from 2019 to 2022 was 26%, with most of the growth coming from the private sector. However, further mobilization of private sector investment is critical to close the investment needs gap. What sectors are receiving the most funding? Transport is by far the largest destination sector for both public and private track sources of finance. However, it's worth noting that climate finance is not currently being channeled at a higher rate to those areas with worse current and historical pollution metrics. What recommendations does CPI have for policymakers and the private sector? CPI suggests developing a comprehensive roadmap to close the climate investment gap in each sector, tracking the impact of new policies on climate finance trends, and identifying opportunities where public and concessional funds can have the biggest impact on increasing overall climate finance. The state should continue to prioritize spending on programs that catalyze investment from the private sector and federal government to meet climate finance needs. What are the next steps for this climate finance landscape? A full landscape of California climate finance would build on this beta version to facilitate improved decision-making and prioritization for state policymakers, development banks, and philanthropies. This could include adding additional sectors and actors, identifying which actors are likely to play a role in each sector, and adding regional and sub-county climate finance tracking and needs assessment. Thanks for the insights, Michael. In other financial news, shares of Shridham Finance Limited have reached a record high in early trade today, following the NBFC's report of a net profit of 1,818.3 crore for the December 2023 quarter, a slight increase from the 1,777 crore profit reported year-on-year. To discuss this further, we have our correspondent from Simply Finance. Can you provide more details on this surge in Shriram Finance's stock? Certainly. Shriram Finance stock gained 6.18% to piece 22448.85 cents against the previous close of rupees 2306.15 on BSE. This is a significant rise from a 52-week low of rupees 1190 on February 28, 2023. Over the past year, the stock has gained 90.72% and has seen a 30.22% increase in just six months. The market cap of Shriram Finance has now risen to reach 88,890 crore. That's quite a leap. What about the volatility of the stock? How has it been performing in terms of technicals? The stock has seen very little volatility in the past year, with a beta of 0.4. In terms of technicals, the relative strength index RSI of the stock stands at 65.8, indicating that the stock is trading neither in the overbought nor in the oversold zone. Additionally, Shriram Finance shares are trading higher than the 5-day, 20-day, 30-day, 50-day, 100-day, 200-day moving averages. And what about the company's net interest income and total assets under management? How have they been affected? 
Sridham Finance's net interest income, which is the difference between interest income a bank earns from its lending activities and the interest it pays to depositors, climbed 17.1% to Rs. 4,911 crore against Rs. 4,192.1 crore in the corresponding quarter of FY23. The total assets under management at the end of Q3 surged 20.70% and stood at Rs. 240,233.47 crore against 177,498.2 crore as of December 31, 2022, and Rs. 202,640.96 crore as of September 30, 2023. What about the earnings per share and the interim dividend? Any changes there? The earnings per share, basic, climbed 2.2% and stands at Reese 48.42 against her 47.46 recorded in the year-ago period. The board declared an interim dividend of Reese 10, 100% per share, with the record date for the entitlement fixed as February 6, 2024. That was Simply Finance correspondent Bella, providing insights on the recent surge in Sriram Finance's stock. Now shifting gears to a broader perspective on the financial system, there's an argument being made that it's in need of more capital and less complexity. This is a lesson learned from the 2008 financial crisis and subsequent banking crises, including the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank last year. Yet, as we see with the massive lobbying by U.S. banks against the Fed's attempt to implement Basel III rules, there's still debate about what makes the financial system safer. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, James. Indeed, David. The banking industry argues that holding more capital against risk will reduce their profitability and potentially limit lending. They also suggest it could push risk into the less regulated shadow banking sector. And they complain about the complexity of the proposed rules, which they partly contributed to through their lobbying efforts. So they're arguing that these rules are too complex yet they've played a part in making them so. Exactly. Large institutions have pushed for tweaks and hedges to rules, which has added to the complexity. They are also best positioned to navigate this complex regulatory framework as they have the resources to find loopholes that enable profits. What about the argument that more regulation in formal banking will push risk into the shadow banking sector? That's not a valid argument for lighter regulation in formal banking, especially with debt levels in both the public and private sector at near record highs. It's actually an argument for more regulation of shadow banking. We need a race to the top, not the bottom, if we are to create a safer financial system. There's also the argument that asking large banks to hold more capital will hurt vulnerable individuals. What's your take on that? That's a troubling and quite frankly, cynical argument. The fact is 70% of the mortgage market, which includes the majority of loans to minorities, is government-backed and wouldn't fall under the new rules. Plus, non-banks make far more loans to black and Latino families, albeit with higher fees. So what's the solution here? How do we make the financial system safer? The solution is simple and effective. More equity capital. We need to stop fighting the obvious and focus on getting more capital into a simpler financial system. As Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari puts it, we should adopt a simpler system of rules for banks that provide the illusion of stability. James, your insights are always food for thought. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow.